Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. Bet you were home. I'm always home. I'm on tour. Me too. You're doing great, dude. Telling true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. This is my advice to you. And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. What's up, GoBros? This is Jamie Gruber sitting in as the guest host for our regular host, Pat Hyben. Here with my my good friend, wealth advisor, financial planner, and GoBundance brother of mine, Luther Hagen. Luther, how's it going, brother? Hey, great to be here, Jamie. Excited to uh, share some insights today on the GoBundance podcast. I love it, man. I love it. We're fired up now. So give me the three to five minute story of Luther. You can go all the way back to childhood through today. Give me the, give me the long form. Yep, you bet. So Jamie, I grew up over in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, which is central Wisconsin, I'm the middle child. I have uh, one younger sister, and then I have a brother that's uh, nine minutes older. Nine minutes older. So you would be a twin. You are very quick, Jamie. I am an identical twin. That is that is correct. And, it, and you couldn't tell us apart back in elementary school, but now you can tell us apart easily because he has hair. Ah, ah, ah. yours is an optional, I'm assuming. It's, it's a... It's yep, just- twi- twice a week, uh, self-haircut. Yep. Uh, anyways, and I grew up in a middle-class Christian family, and it was a great place to grow up in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. My parents have been married 55 years, so they were great role models. My sister lives in Eugene, Oregon, where I have some GoBundance brothers. And then uh, my twin brother lives about 15 minutes away here in the Twin Cities. I was involved in my church growing up, involved in scouting. I'm an Eagle Scout, so I'm sure there's some other Eagle Scouts in the GoBundance tribe. And I wrestled in high school, and I enjoyed strength training. One of the things on our high school weightlifting door was lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. So that's one of my mantras. Then I went to a private uh, Lutheran college, Gustavus Adolphus College. Got my bachelor's degree in organizational management, or basically a business degree. And that was a great four-year experience for me. After graduation, I started in the financial service business, started my career with 13 with uh, Thriving Financial. I was with them for 14 years. And then 19 years ago, I left them to become um, an independent financial advisor, wealth manager, started my own company, Infinity Wealth Alliance. And so I've been a business owner for the last 19 years. And then one of the best decisions I made was to marry my wife, Libby, in 1992. 
So next month uh, in March, we'll be married 29 years. And we have two grown daughters, Hope and Grace. And they're both out of college, both living in Indianapolis, and I live in Minneapolis. So we've got the Appaluses covered, I guess. And um, live in Apple Valley, a suburb of the Twin Cities. And uh, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I'm a Packer fan, but I'm surrounded by Viking fans. And so, you know, we got lots of titles and they don't have any. So there you go. There you go. That's a mic drop moment in Minnesota for you, I'm sure. You could just walk around saying that. <laughs> I might get a couple of tomatoes, but, you know, it is what it is. I fly I the green and gold proudly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, a New Yorker, grew up a Yankee fan and lived in Boston for a number of years. And uh, it was the same thing. You know, Boston fans would say, ah, you know, how many titles have you won recently? I'm like, really? At 27 titles just because you won the most recent one doesn't make you the winner here. So <laughs> sports, they're central to everything. Couple things I want to unpack before we dive in a little bit. So you you went through kind of a, a litany of things that that interest me. Uh, wrestler, you had a Christian family, which I would imagine uh, means traditional values, even around yeah. things like you know discipline, structure, so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. You mentioned about about uh, being an Eagle Scout and then went for organizational management. How has how has all of that did did how do I put this? Did that all shape you to the man you are today to be an organized, efficient, effective man or or were, were these things put in place and got you there? Does that make sense? Like, are, is yeah. this something where you grew into it naturally or, or were, you, were these structures what drove you to be the man you are today? You know, I think, Jamie, there's a couple of core things there that you highlighted. One is my Christian faith. I grew up in a Christian household. Christ is a part of my life. And I know there's a lot of other Go Abundance brothers who are, you know, believers, which is a big thing for me as an Eagle Scout. You know, there's 12 things. Scout is trustworthy, loyal, helpful, you know, et cetera. And uh, honest is a big thing with me. So I'm a terrible poker player. But uh, when I work with people and I communicate with people, I just tell them the truth because then I don't have to tell them, I don't have to remember what I tell them. You know, so integrity and being honest, uh, those are some things that I grew up with in my household, but also through scouting and uh, wrestling. I didn't start wrestling until I was in ninth grade. So a lot of the, the kids I wrestled against were wrestling since they were second grade, third grade. So I had kind of an uphill battle and, you know, sometimes in life you learn more from losing than you do from winning. And I think being um, persistent and going after it, learned a lot of that from wrestling. And it was a great individual sport, but of course, part of a team. So those were some things that shaped me. I had a great father who taught me a lot of great things, great role model. And uh, my, my scout master was a former Marine so he was kind of a uh, disciplinarian and he was a great role model as well. So some, some foundational things there, Jamie. It's funny. The one thing that was missing from all of it until you just said it was some military influence, whether it was you or somebody else, but there it is, your scout leader. Uh, one other thing that jumped out at me being a twin or at least nine minutes apart, we'll call it a twin, I guess, right? I think I could speak for me. I know some other guys in the tribe and even folks that aren't part of GoBundance but have an affinity for what the culture is of GoBundance. A, a big thing is is, uh, you know, uh, standing out, right? You know, being okay with, hey, I've had some success and not apologizing for that, so on and so forth. Being a twin, especially an identical twin, I've got to believe you were bucketed together quite a bit, whether it was at a young age, the clothing you wore all the way up through a certain age, just being called your brother's name and vice versa. How do you, and maybe, you know, harken on some lessons of being a twin, how do you stand out just generally in life, but especially with those lessons of being, you know, identical to somebody else and of the same exact age or you have the exact same DNA as somebody else. How does that, 
How did you do that? Well, you know, I think the thing, Jamie, was growing up, you know, when I was in elementary school, we looked a lot alike, we dressed similar. So it was harder to tell us apart. But as we continued to get older, our interests really uh, varied quite a bit. My interest is uh, in sports. My brother's interest is in the arts. And when I give him an, a sports analogy, I have to take a step back and give him an orchestra or band analogy so that he's on the same page. When he, when he asked me if the, you know, the Twins and the Packers are playing, then I know he's not you know, real big in sports. <laughs> we're, we're ironically in the same business, uh, wealth management. We actually officed together for four years, but then we decided, you know, let's be brothers. So he's in his office in Egan. I'm in my office in Apple Valley, and it's worked out well that way. So we're really close, but we're very different. Love it. The other part of your story that jumped out at me, I was checking my notes here, uh, was you mentioned 19 years ago, walking away and just doing some quick math here. You were married about 10 years. Sounds like you had at least one, if not two kids at that point that you decided to step away from yeah. your career, your W-2, if you will. Yeah. And you know, there's a, a pretty hardy micro tribe that we have called exiting your W-2 within the yeah. tribe. Outside yeah. of the tribe, this is something a lot of people aspire to. Side hustle, hopefully one day becoming the, the primary of what they do. A lot of people talk about I, maybe it's a limiting belief or, or just a, a concern, a, a valid concern. Like, how do I walk away from the security and the, and the uh, structure of, of a W-2 job? I could do it if I were single or if I were, didn't have kids, but you did it with both. Can you talk a little right. about your preparation, how you made that decision, what your mindset was? Just yeah. give us walk through that a little bit. And I think the thing with being a W-2 person, it might give you some security and some identity and some brand. But starting your own company, you have to rebrand, start over, build your infrastructure, build your team. And, you know, my wife was a cheerleader because I told her I was going to leave in a year. And she's like, why would you wait a year? And sometimes a spouse can be a, a challenge because they don't want to leave the security to start your own business. But for me, staying in the same industry and basically changing the name on the door was a pretty easy change, actually. And I moved away from that W-2 job and that, that company in the industry that had proprietary solutions to become independent where I could offer kind of any store in the mall and not be limited to one store, if you will. Mm -hmm. So it was actually a pretty easy transition. Yes, I had to set up my own health insurance. Yes, I had to set up my own retirement account and all those kind of things. But at the end of the day, for those W-2 people out there, Think about it if you left your company, but you stayed in the same industry and hung up your own shingle. That's the easiest way to do it because you're not changing industries. So Nick Johnson is kind of one of the guys leading that leave the W-2 micro tribe group. And I'm sure uh, he'll eventually leave his W-2 job. I'm in a nomad uh, monthly call with him on Saturday mornings. So I'm encouraging him to leave his W-2 job as soon as possible. But I think at the end of the day, Jamie, you got to take a risk to get a reward. And whether people listening to this podcast or GoBundance members or thinking about joining, you know, GoBundance, this tribe is a way to grow personally and professionally. And there's a lot of people in our tribe that can help people with things like transitioning from W-2 to 1099 or starting your own company. Love it. That's uh, incredible advice and a really, really good insight. Stay in the same industry, hang your own shingle. I like that a lot. 
you mentioned something else in there that comes up quite a bit uh, that I'd be, rel- I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up. You talked about the support of your spouse. Uh, that could be a challenge for a lot of guys or, or women for that matter. It doesn't matter, right? It could yeah. be a challenge for a member of a family that might be the breadwinner and is, is considering walking away from that as you, you know, like that, uh, call it fake guarantee of money, if you will, with the W-2. How did you, if you did, get your wife on board and or, well, I guess, yeah. How, how was your wife on board? Was that something that is just, hey, we had aligned values when we met and it works or was the ground laid years before that? Or was it just something you said or did magically that got her on board? Like any, any thoughts or advice on, on managing that, that relationship in that regard? Yeah. Well, my, my wife is a domestic engineer and so homemaker, whatever you want to title that. And our two daughters are out of college, but when they were in college, she kind of ran the house and I ran the business and when I was working for, you know, Thriving Financial for 14 years and told her, hey, I want to start my own company, it, it just was kind of like, yeah, that makes sense to me. When are you going to do it? And then I told her a year and she's like, why would you wait a year? So I moved up my move date twice. And when you have a spouse that's cheering you on and supporting you and you're, you're marching in the same direction, pulling on the sled the same direction boy, life is so much easier, whether it's parenting, starting a business, whatever it is. And, you know, I got five, there's five of us in our goal pod and all of them are on their first marriage and they're just great guys. And at the end of the day, people who get divorced, that's challenging in a lot of ways. And plus your net worth gets cut by 60%. So to me, Jamie, the most important relationship is with your spouse. And when you're aligned spiritually, emotionally, physically, family-wise, et cetera, et cetera, boy, that makes life a whole lot easier and more enjoyable. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. That is great advice. And I, I, I feel like I want to double in a little bit on this. How is there anything tactically that you do to be aligned? And I, I'm not asking this. I, I mean, I, not that this isn't explaining way. I'm not asking this necessarily for me. Um, I feel the same way. I'm lucky and fortunate. My, my strength is not my insane net worth in this community. My strength is my relationship. My wife and I have a very, very solid relationship. And if I can add value to other guys, it's those that are struggling with that, right? My wife and I yeah. do well together. But I do wonder, like, you know, we, we fit. There's not a lot of effort there to get there. So I don't have the answer to that. And I don't know if you do either, but a lot of guys ask the question like, Okay, I, I get you. You had defined roles at one point. You mentioned she was a domestic engineer. You were you were kind of the the breadwinner. So for her, it was like, okay, well, you make the money, and if this is how you want to make the money, then make the money. And when you said in a year, like, why would you wait a year? Right, do it now. But is there anything when maybe you and your wife are misaligned or whatever? How you how you get aligned? Is there any value add to her that gets her to be uh, your biggest cheerleader? Like, is there anything tactically or anything like that that you can think of that maybe helps, or is it simply choose your mate wisely? I mean, I think that's the biggest decision that people make is who they, who they marry. And of course, communication is huge. And as a male with a male ego, sometimes you just have to say, you know, I'm sorry and I made a mistake. And if you want to be a great spouse, if you want to have a great spouse, you got to be a great spouse. 
and I always say too, Jamie, uh, couples that pray together, stay together. And if there's something bigger than uh, you, and that's your spiritual life and following Christ or whoever your, you know, spiritual leader is, I think that's, that can be central in your relationship. And that's made a difference for us. Amazing. Thank you for that. That's great, great advice. I love it. All right. We went a little deeper than probably maybe this uh, podcast typically does at the beginning, but I thought there was a lot of great stuff there and I appreciate you humoring me. Uh, let's dive into your uh, your numbers, your baseball card, the one sheet, as we call it in the Cobundance Tribe. Let's start off with the uh, the first pillar of horizontal income. What is your yearly horizontal income and how many lines is that? Yep. So my horizontal income isn't very high, but I'll explain it here in a second. And my investments are primarily stock and bond just because I'm in the financial service industry. Sure. A lot of my GoBundance brothers are heavy into real estate, and that's an area that I'm growing into, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. But it's about 45000 That's just dividends and income from stocks and bonds, which is all reinvested, and it's primarily in my retirement account and then some individual stocks that I own outside of retirement accounts. Those dividend-producing stocks, is that what you yeah. target specifically? Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. You mentioned real estate. I'm, I'm kind of curious. What uh, What is that? Um, I know there's a question about percentage in real estate, but what, what's your interest there? What's your What's your trend that you're looking for? Well, my horizontal income to net worth right now is under 1%. Okay. And I've been involved in two um, apartment syndications as a passive investor. One just sold last week after three years. and another, And that was in Lexington, Kentucky. And then I have another one that my wife and I are invested in, in Fort Worth, Texas, invested three years ago. And I would expect that one to go full cycle, you know, probably two years from now. Got it. But our, our GoPod, we're closing tomorrow on a 91 unit apartment opportunity. And that's the five of us in our GoPod. And one of the other GoBundance brothers in our GoPod, he and I closed a week ago on a mobile home park, 51 pad in uh, North Carolina. So, and we have some other ones that we're looking at. And so I'll talk about some of my goals uh, coming up here, but I'm definitely full on for uh, adding commercial real estate to the Hagen portfolio. Wow. So you're buying these, congratulations, by the way, you're buying both of these as a general partner, it sounds like, right? Right. Wow. That's a big, and right within your GoPod. That's the cool part. I love that story. We'll get into the GoPod here in a little bit, but I love that. That's awesome. Congrats to you and to them. All right. So what is your debt to net worth ratio? My debt to net worth ratio. Well, I have zero debt. <laughs> so Good ratio. It's a pretty good ratio. You know, about, well, I can just give you kind of a breakdown here. About 14% of my net worth is in my house and cabin. So that's my real estate holdings, yeah. not including the two commercial ones I just mentioned. And these are numbers kind of as of December 31st, so year end. Mm-hmm. When I did my one sheet, it was, you know, year end and the start of 2021. Sure. As of the end of the year, I had the two syndications I mentioned. And then we closed on those two, you know, really this month. And then net worth right now is 9.1. And my goal is to invest a million dollars in commercial real estate this year. Nice. Very so cool. that's that's my big goal for the year. And so far on those two deals, I've invested 372000 in two months. So I'm, I'm on track. You're on track. <laughs> that's great, man. Unbelievable. So I appreciate you laying all of that out. That's incredible. So 
uh, as far as your uh, any other assets that you, I, I don't know, a lot of guys are into gold, Bitcoin, anything like that that you're that you're investing in currently, or no? So forty percent of my net worth, Jamie, is in my private company, Infinity Wealth Alliance. Yep. I get an appraisal every year, so I know what it's worth. And in my industry, there's probably fifty buyers for one seller. Okay. All right. Is so that if, is there? That's a, a good thing. That? Down the road, quite a ways. I mean, my aspiration is to retire, if that's the right word from my industry, sure. when I'm 65 or 70. I'm one of the lucky guys who loves, you know, going to work on Monday morning. I have great clients. I have a great team. I love my work. That's awesome. That's yeah. incredible. Very cool. I love the, uh, the the appraisal every year as well. And, and there has been a lot of discussion about business acquisition. And that's the ratio you're hearing in a lot of industries right now, right? Like there's, well, actually, that's not true. There's probably more sellers in most other, other industries. Yep. There are buyers right now. So you're in that unique spot, uh, right. which makes it very valuable. Very cool. All right. Let's jump over to health. Give us your weight. You look like a fit guy. Weight and body fat percentage. So I'm pretty close to my college graduation rate. I'm 167, uh, 167. Body fat, I haven't had tested in a while. I'm guessing at 15 to 16%. Okay. And what's, oh, how tall are you? Uh, 5'11". Oh, wow. So 167 and 5'11". You're very lean. Yeah. Very cool. And that's your college weight from what, three, four years ago, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what's your daily diet look like right now? So for breakfast, I normally will have either a protein shake or I'll have oatmeal with, with berries and some hard-boiled egg whites and uh, peanut butter toast. Okay. And then for lunch, I'll have some incredible sandwich concoction with veggies and fruit. And then for dinner, my wife usually makes a, a nice sit-down dinner, whether it's fish, chicken, or steak, uh, some entree with uh, veggies. Seldom do we have a dessert, and we really don't have much for alcohol. Nice. A soda drinker or no? Any sugars? No soda drinks. Water, maybe a little orange juice once in a while with breakfast. But, you know, sugar and alcohol, that's the demons, right? It is. It is. And I have a sweet tooth, so I'm battling it, but I'm doing the best I can and I'm trying to get better. Yeah, there's a sp same here. That is my biggest battle is my sweet tooth. And there's a speaker in Tahoe uh, coming up here as whenever this releases that might be might be done by then. But um that is that that wrote books on this, right? The, uh, the the evils of sugar and so on and so forth. And I think we all know it, but it's still great to hear the in depth analysis of it, just to kind of help me deter myself even more. So I'm with you on that. Uh, exercise wise, when do you do it, and what does that regimen look like? So uh, four to five days a week, I do cardio, and I have a treadmill and an exercise bike in my Green Bay Packer Championship Home Exercise Gym. I like that's branded. I like that. <laughs> it's a branded home gym. No excuses. It's in the basement. Yeah. Um, strength training uh, twice a week. And what I do is I do um, a three set circuit. So I have a dip and a pull up bar. So I do dips, pull ups, push ups, squats, calf raises, abs, and bicep curls. Twice a week. Yep kind of a full body workout plus my cardio. And then I'm trying to incorporate yoga and meditation twice a week. That's one of my quarterly goals off my one sheet. So trying to incorporate that as well. And, and, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there, Jamie, who don't exercise and 
at the end of the day, do something. Something is better than nothing. And whether it's three days a week, I think if you're trying for seven days a week every day, two things, my opinion, Jamie, one is you got to have a, some days of rest for your body. Number two, probably isn't sustainable for most people. And in moderation, if you run a half a marathon every day, I'm guessing that at the end, you're going to be in tough shape. So do something which is better than nothing. Do something that's sustainable. And cardio and strength training is a, a great combination. Agreed. I, I like that, uh, that ratio you have as well. A lot of cardio, a couple of days of strength training. And to your point, you listen to some guys who are in great shape and people ask them, like, what's your core exercise? It's not something crazy. It's, it's pretty much the four or five exercises you just mentioned. It's push-ups, maybe pull-ups, dips, sit-ups, right? Or crunches, yep. something like that. It's, it's yep. body weight. It's stuff you can do in your bedroom before bed or after you wake up. And uh, this was a thing for me, like, you know, to hear of a guy doing 100 push-ups a day at one point in my life was like, wow, that guy's intense. But now to do 100 push-ups in five sets of 20, it's about three minutes. <laughs> it's really like, it's not that long to do that many push-ups. You know what I mean? So I'll give you an alternative out of the home gym when you're traveling workout. Do it. I call it Body by Lou. My, my nickname in high school and college was Big Lou. Yeah. So... They called me Big Lou in college because I was 170 pounds and I benched 300. But anyways, that's a whole different deal. Yeah. Anyways, my body by Lou workout is 20, uh, let's see, four sets, 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, 25 squats. Perfect. Four sets. Yeah. Again, yeah. something is better than nothing. And I call that my miscellaneous workout. And when I was in high school... As a senior, I did 20 pull-ups. You know, you do the pull-up test. I'm 54, and I just set a personal record a couple months ago at 24. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, ultimately, there's people that are listening to this podcast, whether they're thinking about joining GoBundance or they're already GoBundance brothers, they're in the tribe. Some of those people can't do any pull-ups. Well, how do you get to a point where you can do three? How do you get to the point where you can do five or 10? Well, you work at it. And so your health is your wealth. I love that. That's a great point. We teach this a lot in the Emerge crew. Uh, you know, uh, we call it reps, but your daily habits, right? The reps you put in, they compile, they add up, right? The 1% right. a day, that thing that you do every day. It's not about, yeah, you want to visualize the end and where you want to be. But then you need to get to action today on doing something. And, and somebody else had said, I think it was Nick Romano, a member of the tribe, that his father gave him the advice, the difference between getting an A and a C, like in school terms, about 25 minutes a day. I think you can apply that to a lot of different areas of life. You drop down and commit to one push-up a day. That's it. Just commit to one push-up a day. Probably going to push out three, four of them because you're on the floor already. But everybody can do one, right? Commit to right. something and build from there. Uh, it sort of goes to a lot of things. You know, build, build wealth slowly. There's a lot of... A lot of cliches, I guess, that you could draw from it, but uh, I love your example of habits, routines, and sticking to those. To your point, 20, day, 20 uh, pull-ups and you're 54 and you're doing 24. It's not like you're going stratospheric on everything. You're consistent. I'll give you one more tip, Jamie, Go for, for accountability. It. Yeah. And that is in my home gym, I have a calendar on the wall. And every day that I work out, I write on that day, cardio or cardio and weights 
yoga and meditation. So I visually can see my week and I can say, hey, I got to get four workouts in this week or five. So there's a visual accountability for myself by using that calendar. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Great stuff. Thanks for diving in on that. Because again, I can tell it's something that you're passionate about. We talked a little about your family. You've been married, you said now 28 years? Is that or 29 years? Yeah, it'll be 29 years in March next month. Wow. And you've already talked about some of the things that really uh, that really stand out. Any any uh, major major uh, uh, memories outside of obviously your children, and your marriage? Anything big in your in 29 years of marriage that you would point to as as uh, some of the highlights of that marriage? You know, I think I look back when we were dating, and we never really had a disagreement, which seems kind of odd. And then when we were engaged, I may think we maybe had one disagreement, and. We've been married almost 29 years. And, you know, one time I raised my voice at my wife in 29 years. You know, I goofed. I had that one mistake. But it's respect and communicate and love and share. And so when you got your best friend as your wife, how does it get better than that? It doesn't. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I love that. Thank you for that. Let's talk about your life happiness index. So what is your current score? And let's talk about the highs and the lows within that. Yep. So um, I'm a little bit unconforming on this part of the program, but I'll tell you, my life happiness index is a nine. So if you walk down the street and you bumped into me and you said, Luther, give me your life happiness index, I'd say nine. Now, if I'm at a GoBundance event, and somebody says, give me the 10 components, I'd say, you know what? I'm a nine. <laughs> okay. But the lowest part that I'm working on is the horizontal income. Okay. Why not a 10? I'm curious. Like to me, the, the nine implies, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but why not a 10? You know, because it's pretty hard to get to a 10 and I think there's always room for improvement. Okay. There's, there's some, uh, some philosophy to that I've heard, like, you know, are you alive? Are you breathing? Are you healthy? Are you married? Are you happily married? Like, you know, what's the rating within that? Yeah, there's good and bad days, but generally speaking, I'm a happy guy. So the nine makes sense to me. I'm probably one of the happiest guys you'll ever meet, Jamie. (laughs) But why not a 10? I don't know. I just think there's always room. Maybe I'm being hard on myself, but I think at the end of the day, I'm a pretty happy camper. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, you're, you're a fan of a championship team, not maybe this year, but you know, you've championship team, married 28 years, you know, beautiful family. Why wouldn't you be happy? Nine million right. in net worth. You're doing yeah. well. well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we already talked about your plan for increasing. Uh, you're already starting to increase your horizontal net worth with, uh, or horizontal income, I should say, with uh, two deals that you're structuring uh, yep. or closing on soon with your pod, which I think is awesome. Yep. What is your, from a contribution standpoint, give me your give back ratio, or if you want to just talk about the amount that you give or contribute, you can do that as well. Yeah, my, my give back ratio is 10% plus, and that's just on the financial piece. Yeah. I do some volunteering by mentoring some young, young people, primarily college students and people in high school. I mean, youth are our future. We've got to invest in young people. So that's where I spend my time volunteering. Uh, but as far as my Vertical income and horizontal income, I gave uh, 10% last year, predominantly to my church. Tithing is a big thing that my wife and I committed to last year for the first time. Maybe we're uh, late to the game, but at least we got into the game. And I would challenge my Go Abundance brothers to uh, you know, give more than they do. Some people are giving 10% or more of their income away. 
some of the GoBundance brothers in the tribe are giving 1%. Well, I think when you think about one of the uh, six pillars, genuine contribution, maybe that's the place where they can get even better and make a bigger impact. Yeah, no doubt. To be clear, too, the, the, the one sheet allows for financial as well as time value as a contribution number. But you're saying that you, yep. get, you give 10% money, just pure yep. cash, yep. Charity, maybe some other yep. charity, and then time on top of that. Time on top of that. Yep. Any sense of what that would be total if you, if you did your time value on top? Is it 25 30%? Probably between 10 and 15 yeah. I mean, I don't give a ton of time. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to write a check, but sometimes you can make a bigger impact with your time. Sure. And as we age too, I mean, and not that either of us are old, but as you get, I think past 40, I've learned at least that, you know, that, that variable of time versus money as a resource kind of switches on you, right? Your time becomes so much more valuable to you. You understand right. that more. So I yep. like that. All right. Let's talk about your goat pod. Who is in it? You said there's five of you total or is it you plus five? Yeah, it's five of us total. Okay. So there's Shane Swanberg, who's in Sacramento. Yep. Northern Cal. Nigel Geisinger, who's in um, Missouri, Springfield. Now Missouri, right? Former, formerly yep. Oregon. Yeah, yeah he, he left the Republic of Oregon, I guess. <laughs> and then there's David Downs in Puerto Rico. Love David. And then there's Travis Dillard, who's in Oregon as well. Yeah. Wow, yep. that's quite the pod, man. You got, you got like an all-star pod there. Yeah, it's, a, it's an all-star pod. They're all super achievers, and I'm just happy to be associated with those guys. It makes sense now, mentioning those guys, that uh, that you're finding deals that you can all close on, like a, like a trailer park, a mobile home park, uh, yep. and, uh, and uh, the, the 91 unit. So kudos for you. How often do you guys meet? So we meet every Monday morning on Zoom from 10 to 11 o'clock, so an hour once a week. And we've been doing that now since uh, March last year, so coming up on a year. And here's an idea that I want to share that can take your go pod to the next level. So as other go abundance brothers are listening to this podcast, we started our weekly calls in March. In August, I invited the go pod up to Hagen's Haven. That's my cabin in Wisconsin. It's a two hour drive from where I live. And it was, I think, four days and three nights. And, you know, we took Shane um, snipe hunting and he did a really good job about that. You know, he's a championship snipe hunter now. You can ask him about it. But anyways, the point, Jamie, is by bringing these guys to the cabin, we, we met face-to-face -face as opposed to just on Zoom. And our level of our relationship went to a much higher level. So that was in August last year. In April, we've just booked flights. We're going down to Puerto Rico to visit with David Downs. And I set the bar high for that gold pod adventure to Hagen's Haven. I had a full agenda. I had a bound uh, tab booklet. And so now David's got to step up because he's the next host. And uh, Travis, I think he's thinking about maybe getting in the mix and hosting one of those. And he's got a second place in Palm Springs. So we're just trying to grow and challenge each other and have fun. And it's all good. The tab, the, the organizational management degree put to use in a, in a GoPod meeting. That's I it. To, I have to echo that. My pod and I got together two years ago. We're still together to this day. And um, it was good. But in uh, probably six months in, we met in Orlando uh, together. And yeah, it, Zoom is great, but you're still, you know, you're still a, a pixel on a screen. 
But in person, I agree. Uh, just for anyone listening that's a GoBundance member, if you're in a GoPod or you're struggling or whatever the case may be with your GoPod, absolutely need to get together in person. Your accountability to one another, your connection with one another is accelerated exponentially. So I, I absolutely echo that. And my pod's going to Key West in June. I think it's June uh, that we're planning. So same thing. We It's become a priority. Like we got to get together. So definitely recommend it along with you. That's awesome. And unfortunately, our GoPod isn't going to be able to make it to um, Lake Tahoe next week, but we're planning to all go to the steamboat in uh, August. Nice. I'll see you there. I'll see yeah, you there. Sounds good. Look forward uh, to which uh, you know, obviously the deals, but what else are you guys currently discussing? Or maybe what do you, what do you traditionally discuss or typically discuss? Well, I think it's kind of a, a weekly check-in. I tend to be the one leading the uh, meeting. We really try and touch on the six pillars. Uh, we talk about deals that we're working on. We talk about goals. We talk about, you know, get-togethers. We've been talking a lot about this Puerto Rico trip here for a little while. We've been talking about the uh, Lake Tahoe event coming up and so on. So um, there's, a lot, there's an assortment of things that we cover in our weekly calls. But I think accountability is one of the big things. And relationship, of course, is another big thing. Well, on that point of accountability, what are they holding you accountable for from a business perspective? Is it the real estate or do you consider that personal? Like, what is your goal? With your business, yeah, right? I think it's, you know, what I do in my business as a wealth advisor to grow my business and um, continually, you know, get better and serve my clients and take care of my team and all those kind of things. But also in the two deals that I mentioned, the mobile home park that we closed on last week and the apartment opportunity that we're closing on this week, I was actually the one who found both the deals. Oh, wow. Nice. So, but I'm the least... Uh, experience in commercial real estate. So I'm learning a ton from these guys, which is absolutely fabulous. Yeah, that's very cool. Okay. So you mentioned uh, uh, you're going to Steamboat in August. Any other trips that you've been on since being a member of the tribe? I, I joined Jamie in December of 2019. In January of 2020, I went to Aspen, which was fantastic. I mean, I didn't go to Breckenridge last summer, which was a mistake, but that's prime cabin time in Wisconsin and Minnesota. But uh, I'm definitely going to try and make the semi-annual meetings every year. And I know our GoPod is probably going to do two or three trips, you know, a year. And we might even do some couples GoPod trips as well. So that's something that we're going to be talking about as well. So I like it. What's your big uh, takeaway from uh, from Aspen? Like when you left there, you met, you said it was fantastic. What were one, two things that really, really struck you or stuck with you as you left? You know, I think, Jamie, the biggest thing is the opportunity to network with like-minded guys. And like they say, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. And so learning from a lot of people and people who are very open and very transparent and very given. That was one of the, the great benefits of GoBundance. And for me, I was, you know, pounding on my treadmill for a long time, listening to GoBundance podcast, thinking it's not a question of if I'm going to join GoBundance. The question is when, you know, and people talk about investing, but where do we get our best investment? by investing in ourselves. No doubt. Right? So some people think, gee, investing $10,000 a year to join GoBundance, that's a lot of money. Well, but if I gave them a stock that they invested $10,000 in that might grow 10 or 20%, as opposed to investing 10,000 in GoBundance and you make your money back in a week, 
Not bad. I, I look at it as also 10,000 reasons for you to be accountable to whatever you say you want in life, right? You Absolutely. Go abundance, you apply to go abundance or a community like it because you yeah. see the ability uh, or a path forward for you toward whatever it is, a better community, a better life, more wealth, more, more accountability around your health or whatever it may be. Yeah. But when you plunk that money down, when you invest that money, it gives you 10,000 reasons to stay true to who you say you want to be. That's my view That's on right. it. So I love yeah. that. Great, and the great. six pillars, uh, six pillars are huge. Absolutely. I'm a better person because of go abundance. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, like values, right? Like values. Yep. So how about your three, so your, your past greatest hits, what are your three past greatest hits? Past three greatest hits. Well, growing my business to 225 million of assets under management. So for 240 client households, we manage almost a quarter billion dollars. That so all? That's, that's it. Yeah. So working on it. Uh, number two greatest hit for me being uh, debt-free at age 53. That was one of the things that we preach to our clients is we work on both sides of the balance sheet, assets and invest and accumulate, but also paying down the debt. So being debt-free at 53, personally debt-free. Mm -hmm. And number three, I just have to say being married to Libby for almost 29 years and two wonderful daughters. I mean, I pinch myself every day, Jamie. It's pretty darn good. I was waiting for that one. I could tell that was coming. When you say debt-free, I'm curious. Do you include your personal mortgage? Do you pay your house off? Yeah. Okay. Any, any, what's your, your thought process? And a lot of people say, ah, I never pay it off. Just, you know, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Well, here's, here's some philosophy. And I think at the end of the day, as a wealth advisor, we advise our clients before they retire to be debt-free. And the reason is when we have a great recession like 08, 09, the debt-free clients that don't have a car payment or a lease payment or a mortgage payment can reduce or suspend their portfolio withdrawal. But when you have those personal debts, a, a cabin payment, a house payment, and something goes south, like the Great Recession, where all of a sudden your tenants aren't paying their, their rent payments and you're not cash flowing on your real estate, you don't risk losing your house. Yeah, that makes sense. And and to my clients that are going into retirement, my personal and professional opinion is going into retirement with personal debt, not debt on the mobile home park, not debt on the apartment building, but the house and personal debt. Going into retirement with personal debt is like swimming laps in a swimming pool with ankle weights. Yeah. You said it. If something goes sideways, yeah. you're struggling. Yeah. So, okay. So I like that. How about three future greatest hits? What's in the future for you? 15,000 a month of cash flow from commercial real estate. Uh, you're making a big step forward right now. So, all right. My, I can my goal is 5,000 by the end of the year. Okay. Number two, grow my company to a half a billion of half assets under management. It feels better to me now. Yeah. <laughs> and number three, I want to have 50 years being married to Libby. How many people celebrate their golden anniversary? Pretty small percentage. And uh, so those are my three greatest hits. Yeah, 21 years left. My, my parents have that. Next, they just celebrated 49 last week. So 50s next year. Awesome. So we got to do something nice for them post-COVID, hopefully. So. Awesome. 
All right, well, let's wrap this up with a random question spun from the GoBundance app, which you can download from any app store. Uh, there's a members only section, but there's also a few parts that are for anybody, including this incredible card game. I drew the seven of hearts. It means nothing to you, as I say every week that I do this, but here's the question. What's something you don't give yourself enough credit for? What's something that I don't give myself enough credit for? Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, you asked me a good question, Jamie. Why not attend happiness factor? And, you know, sometimes we're all tough on ourselves and we don't give ourselves a nine or a 10 where we should. And some of the guys that are in the Go Abundance podcast, I hear a four or five and I'm like, I hope you don't jump off a bridge. You know, I mean, a four or five is pretty low and maybe there's some issues, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes I don't give myself enough credit but uh, most of the time, I'm a pretty humble guy, and um, I'm a relationship guy. And one of my mantras is, life is a team sport, and that's kind of what GoBundance is. You're building your team by connecting with all these other GoBundance brothers. It's a great tribe. Incredible insights, some really, really great stuff around health. I mean, everything, but it stood out to me around some of the things you do with health, those reps that you put in, those habits that you've created around your health. uh, And the relationship piece, obviously, is part and parcel of your identity in a very, very positive way, in a powerful way. So inspired by that and appreciate you sharing that. Where could folks uh, reach out or or just learn more about you or your company? Yeah, my company website is iwalliance.com. My work email is luther.hagen, H-A-G-E-N, at L-P-L.com. And my personal email is lutherhagen at yahoo.com. And uh, any GoBundance brothers who want to reach me, my cell is 612-961-3925. All in on the contact info. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Luther. appreciate you being here. If you got value out of this uh, episode, go ahead and subscribe. Give us a rating and review. Let us know what you thought. And Luther, thanks again for being an incredible guest. It was my honor. Thanks for your time, Jamie. All right. All the best. In life, to be honest, I failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, don't step to me, bitch. Now you can